Hello everyone, welcome back to the FI Talk podcast. This episode is a continuation of the last episode that we uh, published, episode 20. So this episode 21 is um, a continuation of that episode, which is um, how to set yourself up for financial success. Some ideas that we thought would be helpful in setting yourself up for financial success. So if you're listening to this uh, podcast for the first time, welcome. And we appreciate you listening. It would be better to start with episode 20 since this ep- episode 21 builds up on episode 20. But if you're all caught up and you have listened to episode 20 already, uh, let's get into the episode. Let's get into this topic right now. Welcome to the FI Talk Podcast. <laughs> Let's move on to somebody who is um, not a beginner. He's more like an intermediate. Okay. And what would we start with when we are talking to someone who says, well, I have already done the ones that you, um, that you re- recommend for the beginners. What, should we, what would you recommend for me? Or you say, I can build on it. I'm already close to it being done with those. Let, what, should I, what should I start doing to build on those? This is for the intermediates now. Well, it just goes back to the same thing again. You know, the way we started, you know, with the first one, you start, you know, the same way with the second one. You know, keep educating yourself. You know, keep reading, keep listening, you know, keep, you know, going to seminars, ask your friends and all of these things, you know, there is no better way to do it. So, I mean, I will probably think that um, that since now you have, kind of like how to develop that habit of reading or listening to audiobooks or podcasts, you have to just kind of step it up a little bit more now, you know, by reading more books, you know, especially non-fictional books. I mean, this, for the most part, I mean, these are usually, you know, financial books, you know, if you are on this journey, you know, you will probably, you know, lean more towards um, some of these, uh, um, how to personal finance books, but it just doesn't have to be personal finance books only. You know, you can get into books like, you know, like how to call it motor, like things like, you know, um, I'm trying to find the word here. Personal uh, development. And- personal development, you know, people like, you know, Zig Ziglar, you know, the great Jim Rohn, you know, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, you know, and all of these, these people that once you listen to them, man, I mean, you get so pumped that you feel like, you know, you can go and conquer the war. You know, so just going back to that reading about, you know, three to five or how, however many books that you can read, you know, I think that will definitely help. Yeah, definitely. We recommended reading financial books in the beginning, but also at this point, you don't, it's not only just the personal finance book. You, sp- you, uh, you talked about the habit of reading and I am actually in the process of, uh, listening to an audiobook called Atomic Habits, which is mm-hmm. which is not really personal finance book, but it is a nonfiction book that helps you build habits that you know uh, stack on each other, and that's where you want to be at this time is to read other books, read obviously read personal finance books, but also read other nonfiction books that would help you in your journey in life. You know, when it comes to your habits, when it comes to your relationship with other people. When it comes to your growth, 
because we're always learning. We're always going to grow as, as a person. And this is where uh, you want to be doing step number one for intermediates is increase your reading, increase your nonfiction books and uh, read more nonfiction, but not only personal finance, but other 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 areas of your life as well. And like how to, I, I will, I'll probably say that, you know, for me, this was one of the most important you know, stages of my life when I was, you know, in this stage. Uh, I mean, the, the the amount of content that I buried myself into, mm. I mean, just like you said, it's not just about the personal finance books. I read as many personal finance, bo finance books as I could. But just like I said in the beginning, once you read one book, it leads you, leads you to another book. So it kind of led me to so many other things about things like business you know um i even read about uh things like cryptocurrencies you uh -oh, know because i'm into that right I'm right trying to learn about that right now exactly because it have, is the thing have, right now so i have i have zero money invested in cryptocurrency exactly right now uh -huh. um and this is not investment advice right now but mm -hmm. i am interested in learning about crypto exactly. right now you know because yeah. this blockchain and and these uh, crypto wallet i have I have no idea and there's so many different cryptos and how these things work so mm -hmm. i'm watching some youtube videos about crypto and i'm also learning uh listening to uh podcasts and those kind of things and start reading about it you know it's you know it, it's obviously this i i think it's kind of speculation but it, it is uh you know it's a trend here and there's a lot of feature use that people believe for crypto and i would want to be part of that but i'm just starting to learn more about that yeah i think it's it's it's, it's very in interesting it's not just the crypto itself you know i mean just the blockchain where most of these crypt cryptocurrencies are mine just the blockchain itself because most people just think about the blockchain as just for cryptocurrencies but the blockchain can you know, in, involves a lot more things. You know, there are a lot of other things that are being done on the blockchain that are, you know, totally separate from mining cryptocurrencies. So just reading about that, I mean, is 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 very, very interesting. But just like I was saying too, you know, it kind of led me to so many other things that like, just like a book that I read um, a while back called Love and, Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerich. You know, I mean, these are things that help you in your marriage. These are mm -hmm. things that help you in your personal life. And also another podcast that I kind of bumped into was uh, Parenting Great Kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we do have kids. Right. Exactly. You know, I read her two books. Too. Yes. A strong, a strong Father, Strong Daughter, something like that. Yes. Yeah, strong father, strong daughter, you know, which is especially for me that I have two daughters. Exactly. And a son, of course. But, uh, but you know, it helps, you know, even it doesn't have to be for a parent of daughters. It's just mm -hmm. for any, mm -hmm. any, any parent, basically. Right. And also there's another book called Hero. Uh, Hero, yes, exactly. Said, yeah. Yeah. So I read that book also. Yeah, but basically, this is where you start building on your life when it comes to reading. Like you said earlier, of of uh before we started recording that you were reading this book called boundaries and i said well great mm -hmm. book I, I i read that book you know so this is where you start expanding on your knowledge of the world the people the relationships and i'm, I'm also interested into history 
Mm-hmm. You know, I I like reading about you know ancient uh, Rome and ancient you know those kind of things. You know that you know I'm I'm very much into into those things as well. Yeah, definitely. I will I will recommend you know if um, I know you do have the Audible, so they usually have this um, these courses on Audible called the Great Courses. Mm. I mean, they do have a lot of history books there that you can learn a lot about, you know, ancient Greece, you know, ancient oh, Rome nice. and, you know, ancient Babylon, you know, and all of these kind of things. So uh, maybe you should look into that. So, yeah, but just like I was saying, I mean, and how to, believe it or not, um, this whole personal finance thing, it's actually what led me into changing my diet. Oh, you know, okay. I just stumbled into it, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, because you like kind of read about these these people that write these books or, you know, these podcasters, sometimes they will talk a little bit about their personal lives, you know, how their lives have changed, you know, like they may probably have health, uh, have had like a health scare, you know, and they'll be like, okay, after that, I kind of decided to start exercising more and start eating a little better. And that's how I pretty much, you know, started getting into this whole, you know, eating better thing, you know, try to exercise a little bit more. So just like I said, the thing is not just financial only, it's personal and it goes beyond money. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it affects your relationships, it affects your health, it affects the way you, you know, want to raise your kids, you know, education and all of these things. So I it's a very, very broad field. Yeah, I think we can be on this topic for uh, yes. all day. Because the thing is, this is where it is. I mean, you can, I, I totally get it. I mean, you got to work on your health because at the end of the day, if you just focus on the money and the money's there, but you don't have the health to enjoy it, yep. you know, you're not going to enjoy that money without good health. So that is definitely, true. Yeah, I also started reading about those things, you know, working on your health, you know, and fitness mm. and those kind of things. But, but also the health, your, your mental health. You know, yes. your physical health, but also your mental health. You work on your nutrition, but also start reading and getting your mind working better. Because you know, you can't just you can't just uh, read the easy stuff. You know, you have to keep building on it. But yeah, we can spend uh, all day on this topic about getting educated um, about life because this is where we are. Because we believe we are big believers of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I mean uh, the next. Next point here is um, to try to save at least three to six months of expenses for emergency fund. And just like we talked about, you know, on the first, uh, first part of this podcast about saving one month of expenses. Now, this is, this is the time now to put that savings on steroids, you know, just going crazy and try and save as much as you can. And the savings here, I know we did not mention it in the first first part of it is that whilst you are in this saving journey you it is preferable that you you stop all investing that you are doing to try and get to this goal of um, having three to six months of expenses and after that you know you can restart your investments again you know with your 401ks you know Roth IRAs and all of that kind of stuff but um, I, I think for like for me I think one of the most important you know, um, stages of personal finance is having that emergency fund set up and everything else takes care of itself after that. 
This is probably one of your favorite topics is having an emergency fund, which we, I think we didn't dive too much into it, but I think we talked about it in episode number four of the FI Talk podcast, which was how to stop living from paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, this just builds on your financial foundation, knowing that you have this amount of money in the bank just in case something happened. You know, because um, during the pandemic, a lot of people were getting followed. A lot of people were losing their jobs. And having that, losing your job is scary for a lot of people if you're mm -hmm. living paycheck to paycheck. But having that financial foundation is key to when you, uh, when something like that happens and you don't have to be too much worried about it because you know you have six months of expenses. Now, how do we decide between the six and the three months? Because I, I tend to lean towards more of the three months rather than the six months. But who needs to save three months and who needs to save six months? For me, it depends on a lot of things. I One thing would be how stable your job is and how quickly you're able to get rehired if you do lose your job. That would be if your job is pretty stable and you know you're like a nurse or something that you can easily get another job. So it would be easier to say, just say, stay on the three months uh, side. But if you're like an entrepreneur and you don't know how much your next paycheck is going to be and those kind of things and you're, uh, you know, just working for yourself or have your own small business, I think you, if, you're, if you have higher risk, then you should save more towards the uh, six months side. I wonder what you think about that. Well, I uh, kind of pretty much think the same. I mean, um, just like you said, I mean, if you are in a career that is a bit, bit more stable where it's much easier to, you know, find a job, you know, especially most of these uh, healthcare jobs, I think. And if both you and your spouse are working and are in um, these kind of industries, I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, you can just stick to the uh, three months. Um, but just like I said in the beginning, I mean, this is so personal. There are some people that, you know, have been, have seen poverty. They know what it is. They don't want to get back to poverty. Mm -hmm. You know, those people, I mean, some of them will be like, look, I know the three months sounds good. I'm in a very good job. You know, same thing with my spouse. But I want this much money. You know, I want to have this six months just sitting. It makes me feel a little comfortable. It makes my wife feel much, much more comfortable, you know, because we're scared to go back there. You know, anything can happen to us. And we want to make sure that if anything happens, we are going to be okay. So, the three months sounds good, but we just want to go and do the six months or we want to do the whole year thing, you know, because it, this is what makes us comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that, too. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. Um, so the next step after, for, after um, this is step number three um, for people who are in the intermediate, intermediate level would be to automate your finances. Now, mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about on this, but we're just going to uh, just brush up on it, which is um, kind of like automating. When you're automating your finances, basically with technology right now, you can have your paycheck 
set up to go to different accounts. Set your spending, your spending account, your checking account, your savings account, your investment account, and you can set up all of this online and have everything be automated so you don't have to actually do it. Everything will be taken care of on its own. But also, you can also do this when it comes to bill payment because I've never, I have not, <laughs> I have not paid certain bills. I just automate them. I know when they're going to happen. And when they happen, I review it, put it on my spreadsheet and forget about it. But basically, you set it up for once and you never miss another bill or you never miss another investment. You know, uh, like I, I think I've talked about this before. It's like one of my accounts has uh, with Vanguard. It's 100% in VPSAX. And every week, it takes $100 from my checking account and just invest it in VPSAX. That's automation at the minimum level. At the easiest, most, the easiest way to do it is just that's the basic level of automation is right like that. Yeah, I think, you know, the internet has made this so easy. And I, you know, for me, I call this magic, you know, I mean, this is, <laughs> I mean, it made my life so much easier that I don't even know how to say it. I mean, you just put these things on automation, you know, auto pay, you know, your bills, or, you know, automatically, you know, like, like this automatic investments, you know, automatic savings. And I just started playing with this. I mean, uh, the bank that I bank with, they have this thing that you can you can save um, every day. You know, I was looking for it for my uh, investment account with uh, Fidelity, but they don't have it. But with Wells Fargo, they have this thing that you can just save every day. So I, so I just started playing with it. Mm. I just started putting in like, uh, I think it's about $50, you know, $15, $20 or so that will just be transferred to my savings account every day. You know, I I just want to build that discipline that mm -hmm. even though I can see the money, but I don't want to touch it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm just kind of like kind of waiting until it gets to this number that I'm looking forward to and just kind of pat myself on the back and be like, okay, I did it. You know, so, but just like I said, I mean, it's, it is just pretty much, much magic. And if you want to make your, your life easier, I think you should try to automate your finances. I mean, because just like you said, these bills are going to come regardless, you know, and one thing that can affect your credit score and that kind of stuff is missing these bill payments. So putting everything, you know, in auto mode, it kind of helps you a lot. And I've been doing it for so long and it has saved my life a lot. And I think there's big companies that are actually relying their whole brand on automating. Like Acon is one of these investment apps that mm -hmm. rounds up your spending to the next dollar. Right. So if you spend something for twenty uh, $3.25, they will round it up to $3, and take the $0.75 cent and invest it for you. So these, these are the kind of simplest way of automation but also uh signing up for uh, a retirement account at work is one form of automation because mm -hmm. they take it they take your money and invest it before you actually even see it so you're actually investing and that's the easiest way of thinking about automation i think right now with technology we all want to we all want to you know we want to we want to 
have a handle of our money. We just don't want everybody to do it for us. But you set this up for yourself and you make sure that things are happening without you forgetting to do something or forgetting to pay a bill, forgetting to invest that $100 a week or a month or forgetting to invest into your retirement account. So everything is done for you with automation. I think the government nailed it when it comes to taxes. They take your taxes before you actually see it when yes. if, you're, if you're a W2 employee. So that's that's just one. That's just uh, the key. That's just the uh, the biggest part when it comes to like automation. The government nailed it in that. And most companies are doing it. I remember, you know, uh, when I was a homeowner, I mean, the bank, you know, that had my mortgage, I mean, that was automated. You know, they take it off every month at a certain date, and I just didn't have to worry about it. I just got to make sure the money is there, yeah. you know. So I think, you know, most serious companies are doing that, and I think most governments should look into it too, you know. But from a personal finance standpoint, I think, you know, everybody should at least try to automate their finances. The next point here, number four, when it comes to the intermediate is have a spending freeze. Now, I just we just threw this on there for just to add a little bit to what you can do and make sure that you're handling your money. Uh, but if you have a spending freeze for a day, say, okay, I usually stop by the coffee shop and buy $5 coffee, but I'll make my coffee at home and not buy this coffee for a day or a couple of days or a week or even a month. Just have the spending freeze. But th there's a key to, to this. There are certain things that you have to spend money on, which are your necessities. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about your other spending that are your non-necessary spending freeze those for a, a, a day or a week. I know people that are actually doing challenges to have like a no no spend March or a whole month of March without, March without spending. And for me, uh, one example is Amazon. You know, sometimes I just w check my Amazon account and I see all this spending and it's like, okay, I'm going to freeze, not spend on Amazon for a month and see what happens. So those are the kind of things. It's kind of like the latte factor. If you if you really think about it, it's not really about latte, but it's about the latte factor. Yeah, definitely, man. I wish I can find a way to, um, you know, freeze my Amazon account that me and my wife don't have to use it anymore. <laughs> not freeze it. Just basically, it's like willpower. You know, it's not like I know. Just, you know, you're just like okay, the whole of March. I mean, I go 28 days without buying anything on Amazon or. or you know, anything, whatever your latte factor is. It, some yeah. some people is getting like, you know, fast food or eating out at lunch. You yeah, know, those definitely. kind of things. So. You know, but it's just the convenience, you know, with Amazon. You know, that's I that it. is the thing about it. I mean, <laughs> it's it's it can be so addictive. But you know, just like you said, I mean, and I think it all comes back to, you know, um just the discipline. You have to have that discipline, you know, to be able to be like, Okay, I'm gonna set this goal and I'm gonna stick to it. You know, mm -hmm. just like they said, you know, um, kids, they do what feels good. But adults, they make a plan and they stick to it. Absolutely. You know, so I think every adult should be able to make one of these commitments, you know, having that one day freeze or that one week or that one month spending freeze where you'll be like, okay, I know what my addiction is. I know the thing that takes more of my money you know, that I don't really need, but, you know, I'm going to be financially disciplined and be like, okay, I'm not going to spend it on this. Just like you said, with the latte factor, you know, and if you remember, um, our friend, 
um, he was talking about how he used to go to Starbucks every day and like kind of looked at his bank statement and realized how much money he was spending and then decided that, you know, I'm going to be fixing my own coffee at home. And that spent, that saved him a lot of money. So yeah. just having that discipline to be able to do that, but just like how to, um, I think one of your favorite sayings is if you want to know what somebody is in, is, is interested in or what they are spending their money on, you look at their bank statement, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to look at your bank statement and look at the things that you are spending that you believe that you have control over and you can stop it and see how best you can save some money, man. You know, yeah. cause you got to have the discipline. Yeah. And most of us don't make one big financial mistake. We make a hundred small financial mistakes. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that actually it's called death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. You know, we make these re- little mistakes and uh, and keep repeating it over and over and over and over instead of just uh, for most of us it does it's not about just buying a, something big you know but these little financial uh, mistakes that we make over and over for for example for, i used to spend 15 20 dollars a day at work uh from coffee to um, breakfast to lunch and all that went away because i make my coffee you know my own coffee you know i uh, take my own lunch you know uh, what do they call it? Brown bag. I just put it in my backpack. You know, I just, put, you know, mm-hmm. I put it in a plastic bag or, or you know, my uh, lunch box. And then, you know, I used to go to the uh, soda machine or um, or the vending machine for chips. I cut out all of that, you know, you know, because mm-hmm. as you get older, dude, you got to watch your watch watch your health as that well. But, but you know, that fifteen twenty dollars a day that I was spending, you know, it's something that I'm, you know, I'm able to save, and it's not just that one day but if you think about it for a whole year i mean we can do we can sit here and do the math i don't want to but <laughs> you know i'm a numbers guy i can start calculating mm-hmm. how much it would take you know how much that would add up to a whole year and if you spend that how much that would be in 40 years but just imagine that you could just be a millionaire from just that you know but yeah. you know just just you dead know. by a thousand cups yeah and anybody who who is in, interested in this or is kind of struggling with this i would recommend you read david box book um the latte factor you know that gives pretty good examples and uh, shows you the way on how you can avoid some of these things so uh, so the next one i think um on, on the list is uh maxing out your your um post retirement accounts uh post tax accounts um mostly the roth ira and the um health savings account um, I'll let you touch a, a little bit on the Roth IRA and I can um, touch a bit on the uh, health savings account. Yeah, I think like uh, when you're at this level, investing is key, especially if you're young, you want to spend more time in, in the market that more than timing the market. So you, if that makes sense, timing in the market is better than timing the market. Mm-hmm. So you want to start investing. Um, so set a goal to say, hey, I want to uh, max out my Roth IRA, which for this year is $6,000. For last year, is $6,000. And if you want to do last year and this year, I think you still have till tax day to actually contribute to last year. But start you know, right there, invest your money into your Roth IRA because it's tax, you know, it's after tax, which means you can withdraw it at retirement tax-free. 
uh, the government has no uh, no taxes on it after you invest this money, and it would grow in uh, in there. So w- uh, we can we can talk about more about what you want to invest it in. You want to choose uh, index funds, which I I do. Um, and if you want to choose certain stocks that you feel feel good about, you know that's also okay. But just make sure that it's a little portion of your total net worth that you're investing in individual stocks. But also, you're going to talk more about the HSA, but also the HSA can also be invested as well in the market at some point. But that's the bottom line is just start investing. Uh, $6,000 might be a lot for some people, even if you can't max it out. But it might not be that much for some people if, you know, if it's not too much for you, just max it out. If it's too much, do what you can whilst you, you're working on all your other financial goals as well. You don't just say, I'm just going to focus one on, 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 on just everything. Uh, sorry, but you know, there's certain, certain, certain financial goals that needs your 100% laser focus. But at this point that you're doing okay, you can start investing into your Roth account. I mean, just like you said, the most important thing is just start. You, you just have to start. I mean, so, but um, yeah, I think you did a good, uh, pretty good job on the Roth IRA. Um, now, maxing out the health savings account, I mean, AJ, as you know, you know, this is one of our favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, this account is, I just don't understand why people don't contribute to this. You know, I mean, if you have, if you have access to this, I mean, it's just like giving money away because the way this account works is that, I mean, Right now, for anybody with family, you are allowed to save up to $7,300. But depending on the em- employer, the employer you know, contributes to that uh, account for you as well. So you are not contributing that whole 7300 if you have a family. If, if you are just single, just by yourself, you pay half of that, which is $3,650. You know? And this was a thing that, um, this was a topic that um, I think we discussed in one of our um, episodes, um, which was episode number six, where we talked about your health and your money. Um, we talked about the power of the uh, HSA account. So just like I was saying, it's um, not contributing to it. You are giving away free money. And just like AJ said, you have you also have the option to also invest in it, you know, because they are like, it's like kind of like two accounts. There's like a savings part of it and there's an investment part of it. So, you know, so there's a certain point that if you reach the threshold for that savings, then you can start transferring everything to the investment. You know, and the beautiful thing about it is that, I mean, you are just investing in it just like the way you are investing in your retirement savings. You know, I mean, and if you get to that point where you've now reached the retirement age now, you've reach that age of 65, I mean, you can start taking that money out just like a, um, just, just like a retirement account, you know, if you are using it for health expenses. And everybody knows that at that age of retirement, I mean, health expenses are pretty much going to be uh, some of your biggest expenses that you have. So having that HSA, I mean, it's, there's no way that I can even, you know, like, um, um, how do we start talking about it here? Because it's, there's just a lot involved in it and anybody who has access to it, 
needs to you know start investing it right now like how to with my with my employer right now um they're giving me uh about sixteen hundred dollars every year that's free money you know so why would i not want to take it it's just like the uh 401k match you know and that kind of stuff so they're giving you free money just go ahead and take it yeah I think we can spend a lot of time on the Roth IRA, maxing out a Roth IRA and also maxing out your HSA. But the bottom line is start investing. Yep. Uh, I think you nailed it. Everybody should be, if you have access to an HSA account, you should be using it. Um, here's the key. If you want to go back to episode number six um, that you talked about, Pa, and we went, we dive deep into HSA and all that stuff. But the key is it's triple tax advantage. You yes. spend you 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 put in the money pre-tax, it grows tax-free, and you can withdraw it tax-free if you do withdraw it for uh, health um, health um, uh, expenses. So that's just there's no other account like that. There's no yes. other account like that. So definitely start using your HSA account. Uh, you mentioned that your employee employer gives you sixteen hundred dollars towards it. Mine gives me. Fourteen hundred dollars towards the mm-hmm. the maxing it out, but my wife also gets seven hundred dollars from her employer f- towards that. That's twenty one hundred dollars of free money, exactly. Because we're 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 doing this, we're contributing to our HSA. So, you know, all that seventy three hundred dollars is not all for you to put in. Your employer puts in part of it, and then you put in the rest. And definitely, definitely, at this point of your financial journey, this is a goal that to set, even if you can't max it all out, start putting money to it and getting that employer contribution. And the beautiful thing is the employer doesn't care whether you are maxing it out or not. They're going to give you that free money regardless of, you know, whether you are maxing it out or not. If you want, you can just put $100 there. They don't care. They will still give you the the $1,600 or the $1,400. So that is the beautiful thing about it. And when you are on this journey, any free money you can pick up along the way, you know, you pick it up, <laughs> you know, at least that's what I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally agree, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that wraps it up for the intermediate. And thank you for listening to this episode of the FI Talk podcast. Tune in next time to hear our ideas of um, the advanced people who are in the advanced category. With that, this is the FI Talk podcast. Thank you for listening.